But I want you to know tonight you got faith In your trial, in your test, in your hard time Good evening. I'm Hezekiah Montgomery, host of The Man in the Mirror, and our shows just keep getting better and better. Tonight's discussion will be, Jesus meets you where you are. Where are you? We'll we'll give some examples, and we'll open it up for live discussion, and and you will give us some of your views and questions. But without further ado, let me bring on our co-host, Miss Michelle Johnson. Welcome back, Michelle. Thank you, Hezekiah. Glad to be back. Excellent. Now, <clears throat> let's give a tonight's show was is about Jesus meeting us where we are in our lives, and God gave me this a long time ago. But I had to apologize to God because I didn't do it, and I had to he made sure to do it this week, use it as a show topic, and write it as a blog on our on our website. Um, Jesus met me, and I'm going to start off, you know, reading the blog so we can actually open the show up with this. Jesus met me where I was in my life and talked to me, sang to me, and gave me a song to sing and a new way of thinking. And where did he do that? He did that in BDF, Baltimore Detention Facility. He took a man that was broken and worked a miracle in 86 days and brought him, brought me back to him. He didn't look at what I've done because he knew the mistake in life that I made. He didn't condemn me, even though he could have. He loved me back to him. He met me there and loved me for me. I didn't have to jump through hoops or sing a song I had to repent from my sin, acknowledge him in my life, and he did the rest. The issue now is that when we make mistakes today, the world has an issue of holding our past against us, not him. They make us suffer for our past, but not him. I found several heroes in the Bible that had been on my mind for the past couple of years that proved that Jesus meets you where you are. The first one I'll talk about is Zacchaeus, found in Luke 9, 1 to 10. Here's a man that was small in stature, was not liked by the people because because of being a tax collector, but because of Jesus who found him up in a tree and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house today. Zacchaeus' life was changed that day because Jesus showed him more love than anyone has ever shown him. That love made him turn around and give back more than he had taken from anyone. That love made him change because Jesus met him where he was. The next one that was on my mind was the woman at the well, John chapter 4. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus was at the well and asked for some water because he didn't have anything to draw up the water to drink. Jesus told her that if she... If she knew who he was, he would be able to give her living water. He even told her that she was married, but the person she was with wasn't even her husband. He told her all about herself, but yet he still loved her. After meeting, after that meeting with Jesus, that woman was a new person. Why? Because Jesus met her where she was. My all-time favorite 
was the woman caught in adultery, John 8, 1 to 11. Here was a woman that was brought before Jesus by the officials who wanted to stone her because she was caught up in adultery. They wanted to know what Jesus was thinking about it, but Jesus did something pure and simple. He didn't react the way they wanted him to react. He just knelt down and wrote on the dirt and said, Thou who has not sinned, throw the first stone. No one was able to throw anything. They just walked away slowly, one by one. Jesus asked the, uh, asked the woman, where are the accusers? She said, there aren't any. Then he said, neither do I go and sin no more. Jesus met her where she was. What I'm saying is that Jesus meets us where we are in life. We don't have to do anything special. We don't have to fly through hoops, do tricks, or pay a lot of money. He takes us where we are and wherever we are in our life. The thief on the cross was dying, just as Jesus was dying. But Jesus stopped for one moment after the thief told him to remember me when you come into your kingdom, Luke 23, 32-43. Jesus told him, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He didn't have to do anything but die. He couldn't fly through hoops, say 12 or even say 12 Marys and all that. All he did was trust Jesus, and again, Jesus met him where he was. These are just, these are all precious stories, how, how we found out that Jesus meets us where we are to reclaim us and bring us back to him. With that type of love, who wouldn't want to be in his presence and be where Jesus meets you where we are? And as I continue to bring in today's show, I'm going to actually ask Michelle to, you know, give us some synopsis or just give us give her, you know, some feedback or on what I just read about. Hello. Michelle? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, hear. okay. Um, I just wanted to say that um, I love the examples that you chose to use. Um, a lot of times people outside of our situation want God to judge us harshly instead of him loving us the way he does. But that's not only, you know, something that God does. That's also how we are supposed to feel and love each other, feel about and love one another. So that those examples are also examples for us to look at and know that this is how we should be reacting and how we should see things when people are doing things that, you know, we find are outside of the the will or the word of God, um, you have to, you know, give, if you want to say give them the benefit of the doubt, you have to forgive, definitely. And you have to, even if you say, you know, what is going on or, or want to talk about it, you know, it should always be done in love and to bring everyone back into unity as opposed to causing division. Okay. Excellent. And um since we're we're all here giving examples 
you know, Jesus meeting us where, you know, we was in mind was in a place where, you know, I was set down basically by God to for 86 days to actually get some guidance, counseling, and understanding and um, be renewed. Sometimes God needs to do that with us because he needs to know that we have the time. And as I wrote in the book, I, I read more Bible in my life. Um, and, you know, I call that sanctification, 86 days of sanctification, something like that. But, you know, I had read more Bible in my life than ever because I had nothing but time. And I learned, I learned, and I learned. And I, you know, and I did whatever God, I prayed, I sang, you know, I did all of that. And it was an experience that sometimes, you know, when we're out in the world, sometimes we don't even have time like that just to praise, worship, and have Jesus meet us in one of some of the strangest places in our life, strangest situations in our life. But when he meets us there, people will know it because there'll be a change to be like he met the kids. You know, I, I you know, I, you know, we all hate tax collectors. We hate tax time. When he met Zacchaeus, you know, that man was hated. But Jesus, all he had to do was show love. Oh, that's all he did. And that's what I like about that story because Jesus met him. And, again, tonight's story is about, you know, where are you? Where were you? Um, what happened? And I'm going to, you know, ask you as well. What happened or where were you in a time of your life when just Jesus met you? And it made a change. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry. Difficulties today. <laughs> I was saying, you know, I I believe that Jesus has met me on several occasions, and I'm sure it's not I'm not the only one. But um I know definitely one that is um, very vivid in my mind is when I was going through um, my breakup with my husband and um, or the separation from him. And there was a lot that was going on even while I was still in the same house with him um, after a certain point. I was actually out of the house and I was gone. Um, But God met me right in that situation. And I remember people used to be asking me, you know, some of my friends that knew some of the things that were going on and and, um, how I was being treated, they were asking me, how was I remaining so calm and how was I even able to be, you know, able to, you know, enjoy time out with them, laugh, and still, you know, do do what I needed to do. So, you know, they were they were actually perplexed because if they, if you looked at what was going on, you know, I should have been depressed in their mind or, or just totally downtrodden and, and upset of, um, God met me right in the situation. And he actually allowed me to be content. I wasn't happy about, you know, what was going on, but I was actually content 
and he allowed me to concentrate on him and on what I needed to get from the situation, learn from the situation more so than looking at what was going on or what was actually happening to me and reacting to that. And I really um, thank God for the way that he kept me inside of that situation because it was a lot that was going on. There were, you know, police being called to the house. There was there was just a lot that was happening. There was physical abuse, you know, fighting, whatever. Like, it was just a lot going on, mental and um, emotional abuse going on. And so in the midst of that, he kept me, and he met me right there. And then as I was actually leaving that house, um, he actually is like he put me into, I always call it my quiet place. He put me into my quiet place um, where I was able to just concentrate on him and read the word and pray and meditate um, and all of that. And and that is, that's what I needed to do. And so that's what, occurred and and that's what I needed to be able to make it through and he gave me <clears throat> he gave me the word that I needed to to hear um just to to get you know to get or to give him I should say to give him the glory out of the whole situation even though you know it was a, a rough situation but God still got the glory excellent and many times, you know, in, in my situation as well, he needs to sit us down so we can actually have that peaceful time because there are so many things that may be going on around us, out in the world, whatever the situation is, and we need we need quiet time. We, you know, and I learned in my situation, I need a quiet time so I can listen and hear because there's so much going around us that we don't hear when Jesus, many times we don't hear when God is trying to tell us something. And, you know, many people have told me that that's the best time when, you know, God comes around in their life is when when we're going through and we're trying to hear him. The word says, be still and know that I am God. So many times we do have to be still. We do have to try to understand what's going on. We st- and, you know, and we have to get in the word. And I've, um, I've, as I said, I learned in my situation is the word is, gives you strength. The word gives you understanding. The word gives you peace. You know, that's what I say. The word gives you peace because you know God. You know, after He met you in that situation, then you know that there's nothing you can't do. Because he's there, you, you know. You may not want to be waiting or holding on, whatever the situation is. And people, and as you said, people are looking at you trying to figure out how are you going to make it through. But guess what? You made it. I made it. Others are making it as well. Um, and actually, we are live on the Man in the Mirror with host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. And if you if you're listening or you want to call in, the number is nine one seven eight eight nine two two seven one. And I'm actually having a great time with this talk. And actually, I told you that I put it on as a blog as well on um, the website. 
And it was it was a great thing, you know, because people are starting to read it. People are enjoying reading it. And um, I just had a friend of mine that just came on. I've been hoping he would pop on. And I'm going to actually uh, bring my buddy and friend who had me on his show a couple of weeks ago. It was a great time, um, Deacon Farr. So, Deacon Thomas Farr, are you there? Praise the Lord, sir. Good evening. How are you? Praise the Lord. And I'm, I, I just wanted to bring you on. We're talking about, I mean, you and I had this discussion when we actually met. Um, we're talking about Jesus meeting you where, um, where you are in your life. And um, we've I brought up several people. I brought up Zacchaeus, where Jesus met him, where he was. The woman at, at the well, where Jesus met her, where she was. And um, also... The um, the woman caught in adultery, you know. So, you know, there are several, and you know, I gave a, a testimony, which I'll call it, about where Jesus met me at, where I was in my life. And um, for, you know, we just want you to give us an insight. Uh, what do you think about, you know, well, where did Jesus meet you? You know, this is just live and open. Where did Jesus meet you at? And what, you know, what made the change? Amen, brother. You know, it's it, it's you know it's funny we say that. I mean, that's some of the things that I, I we can topic here. The first thing I think about is that you know this is good for people to hear because a lot of folk are under the impression that you know when they come to the church or come to Christ, I'm gonna say come to Christ, that they have to do something. They have to get themselves together. You know, you hear a lot about folk, especially when you when you're doing evangelism and you're inviting folk to come to a church service or come come to my church or you know. And and, and they, that's some of the things they use and they and they talk about. But um, we can talk about that a little bit later. But, but for me, you know, um, you heard some of my story that I didn't come to Christ until I was like I was in my thirties, in my mid thirties, and um, I had a lot of things going on in my life. I was living a lot. I was living a life, you know. I was living a life of of, of a, a non godly man. So I, you know, I was uh, in the navy and I got married and I was raising my family. And I was doing all the things, you know, that, you know, a man did. I was going out. I was, you know, we was just living life. You know, it wasn't no, I wouldn't say um, I have a great testimony, but it, it's just that I was without God. And that's basically what it is. And then, you know, some things started happening in my life. I got, you know, tied up in some in situations um, with, you know, drugs, alcohol, you know, casual use, and, and, and it started affecting my life, affecting relationships around me. And things like that, and I and I found myself wanting to. I was it was really I was spiraling out. You know, I, my testimony is also that me, you know, me and my wife were married for 15 years without God, and since Amen. God is more than for God, you know, I don't believe we still would have been married. So it was it was coming to Christ, coming to the knowledge of it, and 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 then also it was realizing that I needed something bigger than bigger than myself, and some folks need to understand that it, it's it's. More of it is internally and it's externally at the same time. Because if you have, if you don't have a foundation or your belief system, then it's hard to justify your actions. Because if you're doing what you want to do because you want to do it, that's a that is a a course for disaster, destruction, and death. And it's as simple as that. And I think the thing that I found in coming to Christ was after studying. You know, and I have to I have to emphasize that you have to study the Word of God for yourself and understand what God has called us to be as men and women. 
and he had created us to be. And I think that was the thing that, that hooked me, that the way I was living, my belief systems and the things I was doing were against what God was saying. And and it was, I would say that it was uh, a supernatural thing to come to understand what God is. And that's a, that's also something that folk have to understand that when you come into the knowledge and you and you put time into it and you and you change your environment, you change the people you're around, and God can do something with our lives and turn us around. So, if, if God meet God does meet me, when He met me right where I was, where I was going through, and then like I said with my marriage, and then once I come into the church and I was taught, I, I think I was blessed that I was I came into a church, and it was it was there was some strong believers there, there's some strong Christians there within the leadership and within the body that they, I, that I gleaned off of that I could see example of a godly marriage. I could see example of a godly father struggling with everyday things with their kids, you know, not, not that the kids were perfect and not that they were perfect, but they, the way they handled it, it was, it was totally different than what you would see in the culture what you might learn from your mama and your pop and your dad or how you were raised and all these other things. And I think that's what it is, that God has, has an answer for all our life issues and problems, and it's different from where the culture goes. And, it's either, and a lot of things people have to realize, too, that when you come into Christ, it's going to be different than what you were taught, and it's a mindset. The Bible speaks about having a renewed mind and a renewed heart, and I think that's what it truly is, that God can turn us around to, to to change our uh, say our worldview and our foundation on how we look at life, because our, your life the challenges of life never go away. However, God makes it that you see it differently and you respond to it differently. That's the thing I like to you know we talk when we talk about it that that we respond differently to the same life circumstances and situations, and I think that's what people even in the church and out the church have to understand that. We should not respond the same way as someone who has no faith and has no hope, because of our faith and hope in who God is, and then we only receive that through our, you know, by faith, and and also by our study and understanding God's word and God's purposes for the human race and then for ourselves. Because I had to, you know, I had to come to a conclusion: what kind of man did I want to be? What kind mm-hmm. of father did I want to be? You know, what kind mm-hmm. of man did I want to be in a community and, be re- and and represent myself when I walk around? When people see me, how do they, you know, how do they see me? And that's some of the things we think about, you know. And and, and, the, and the Word of God was the thing that, that drew me to understand that. What do you think, brother? I, I love what you said. And I do, um, I like what you said about you needed examples of a godly husband of a godly wife, um, how to be a father, because we all know, as you said, our ch- none of our children are per- are perfect. We want them to be perfect. We're not even perfect, so how can we expect perfection where we're not even perfect ourselves? And that was, you know, and I, and that's where I'm at in my life right now. And I'm studying examples that are set before me. That way, you know, you know, I can be the godly man that God wants me to be. I can be the godly person that God wants me to be. I can, you know, I can love the way God wants me to love. Because, um, and all that also, as we as we know, as um, comes from the word. 
because we have to stay in the word. You know, he says, study to show thyself approved. And um, the one thing that I, the verse that I use in my book, and I just pushed that was, um, and that's the title of the show. That mirror is actually the Bible. We have to be in the word. We have to, you know, read it and apply it because it's no good if we read it and don't apply it. You know, we're going to fall and stumble. We're going to, you know, make mistakes here and there. But God, you know, the Bible says um, man looks in the outward appearance, but God looks in the heart. And, um, again, we are here live on The Man in the Mirror with host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. And you can call in at 917-889-2271. And I'm, actually, I want to put on a reminder um, so because, you know, as I said, my book was written from um, around the verse of James 1, 23 to 25. And I'm going to let you guys listen to this so we can continue to understand. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. James 1, 23 to 25. And that is something that we do. You know, we read the word and we walk away. How many of us ever, you know, looked in the mirror and walked away and forgot what we look like or forgot, you know, what clothes we put on that day? Or, you know, how many people do that every day? That's one thing people do before they walk out the house. They say, am I presentable? So now... You know, you know, when God met us where we are, are we presentable after that? Um, what do you think? Amen. Um, you're right, brother. It, it's that's now we, we now we're gonna talk to Christian folk. That you know, you're right. It, it's it's something that we have to be able to. If we look at the Word of God as our direction, as our foundation, and as and as Christ is our Lord and Savior. We have to understand what lordship means, and and His word is, is God. God gave us the scriptures for our benefit, and to teach us, and to guide us, and direct us. You know, and and if if we look at the word, we read the word, and we don't apply the word, and I think that's the biggest issue. The word is apply it, apply it to your life. You know, you read a verse of scripture, and then you and the thing that you when we study and meditate on the word is now how do we apply it. And, and how are we going to be different? And this is what we're saying about of having a renewed mind and a renewed heart. Are we studying it to be, you know, there's, there's two things about studying stuff. Do you study it to gain knowledge or you study it to, 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 to do it, to be it, to become it? You know, just like anything else. You go to college, you go to school just to get, you know, do you go to college to get grades or do you go to college to pick up a skill set? You know, you can go to medical school. If you can go to medical school and pass all of it through with A's, but you cannot diagnose, cure, or research, or do the things that a doctor actually has to do to apply the knowledge you gain. You're not really a doctor, and and anything else, accounting, 
Uh, we talk about, all, you know, all kinds of careers. There's an electrician, a carpenter. You know, you could study all these things, but until you actually apply it and use the knowledge to do something, to produce something, or are you really, is all that that you've done really valuable? So now if we take that into the spiritual realm, into, a, into our Christian faith and our walk, we go to church every week, we go to Bible studies, we go to conferences, we can read Christian books, we can read books and gain knowledge and understanding, we can even learn Greek and Hebrew. But are we applying the principles that we studied for to understand, apply to our life, and then do what God would Christ's commanded is to go out and, and, and witness to the whole world. Are we teaching? And, 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 for, and for my brothers out there, you know, that I say your husbands and fathers, are you taking it back to your house and teaching your wife and children? Are you discipling? Are you mentoring? Are we going out to the lost world and telling them about God? Or we go out here with our knowledge and want to judge them on something that they are not even, they don't even understand? So that's what I that we, when we say that that we are are we doing what we need to do and are we applying it and applying it totally and 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 being faithful to the word and even though even when it's against the crowd and the culture, what do you think so? And again, uh, oh, go ahead, Michelle. I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to say, you know, um, this 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 Christian walk, this Christian life, it doesn't have to be extremely difficult, but we do um, need to realize that it actually takes work. When you were reading that scripture, you know, um, you look in the mirror, you walk away, you don't remember, you know, what you what you look like was it exact, you know, like the natural example um, that you were given. But, you know, there, there has to be a conscious effort and that conscious effort, um, as uh, Deacon Fall was saying, you know, you have to put in some work. You have to you have to do some things like, like yes, of course, like reading the scripture, um, but but that thing needs to be um, ingrained in you daily. So, you know, for instance, if I'm trying to you know learn the spelling of a of a difficult word or something, I may have to look at that thing and repeat it to myself and, um, you know, spell it backwards and forwards and whatever several times in order to get it in my mind that if somebody asks me, I can, I can, um, you know, tell them what that, what that thing was, but that, that's the, the putting it in there. Cause you can't, it, you can't use it and you can't pull it out if it's not there, but then you do have to actively use it daily you know, you have to apply that scripture like Deacon Paul was saying to even the littlest of circumstances in your life. You know, when like when you're driving and somebody may cut you off, somebody may do some things, but, you know, we have our natural um, urges, which, which we don't want to always give in to. We don't want to give in to them at all. Um, but, you know, you definitely have to have something in there to pull from if if you, you know, you can repeat to yourself, you know, God's word in order to calm you down or to get you through a situation or or to cause you to see things differently or treat people differently. These are the ways that what is inside um, comes out and people can 
see what you have inside from how you're talking to them, acting around them, treating them, and how you live your life daily. So, you know, those how we live our life daily and how we treat others is how what we put inside of us is showing out. Excellent. And he does say, let your light shine. You know, our lights cannot shine if we try to hide them under something. But we have to, you know, mirror is a reflection. And uh, um, we are a reflection of Christ. You know, he, you know, the title of the show is Jesus, meet, uh, meet you where you are. You know, where are you? We have to know that when people see us, they will see Christ. They'll see something different. And I know, you know, even that um, boss on the job, that supervisor on the job, they'll see something different in you. Um, you know, people on the street, they will definitely see. So I've been in plenty of situations where I may not even, I don't even say I'm a Christian or something, but someone will see the difference. They will see after we see our own reflection, then people are going to receive the reflection of Christ in us. People will jump on that. People will, you know, it was, it was sometimes it could be so bright that they can't help. They say, "Okay, what's the difference in you? Why are you so different? What you know, you know, they don't see you, you know, like like you mentioned, Michelle. They don't see you cussing and fussing when someone cuts you off, you know, because you can drive with somebody. They can be watching your actions even at the job. They watch everything you do, and they want to see what you are reacting to." And that was something that I had to learn as I was re- as I read scripture, that Jesus wasn't a reactor. You know, even when he was with the, um, like I told you, I love the story of the woman caught an adultery. He didn't react. He got up, got back, went back down, got up, went back down. He didn't react. He just said a few words, and everybody walked away. And he told the woman, you know, go and sin no more. You know, we don't have people are watching us. That they they were watching Jesus, <clears throat> and when they see when they're watching you, they want to see who are you reflecting. You know, our kids are. You know, they say our kids are a reflection of us, or we are a reflection of somebody. Or if you work somewhere, you are a reflection of that job. So when people look at us, what reflection are they seeing? Are they seeing a worldly reflection of you being self-centered or you just being you? Or are they seeing the reflection of Christ? Um, What do you think? I wanted to actually um, say something about, you know, what you're saying. That definitely um, goes um, in line with what I was saying, but I wanted to say that's a point I actually meant to bring up earlier um, when you were talking about, um, you know, or saying the topic of of the discussion today, which is, you know, Jesus meeting you where you are. You know, we are the natural representation of God on earth. Um, We're supposed to be imitators of Christ have that Christ-like spirit. And so, you know, we have to be mindful that when we're saying um, where Jesus met you, you know, God can have a personal encounter with you. 
Um, and he, you know, he's had it with me, and I'm sure he's had it with you all. But also, he may use people. And so, if if you are not, if you are not paying attention to God's word and taking it in and showing out God's spirit, then you definitely can't um, be there for somebody and be that natural representation of Jesus here on earth. Um, you know, you you may not, the person you may, you know, have to talk to with us or whatever, they may not even, you know, know God that well. They may be a babe in Christ. And God might use you to pull them closer or to help them get through a situation and deal with it. So we have to be be mindful of that also that, you know, this this life that we're living is not just um for us but also is so that we can be uh, a light and a representation of Christ to others. What do you think about that, Deacon Farr? Uh, Amen. Um, I had lost you for a minute there. Um, but yeah, the sister was saying about being a representation, and I, and I think that's that's correct. We definitely have to be ambassadors and, and representatives to for God to the culture. So it it it. I mean, it, sometimes it's hard, and um, but we just have to be able to endure. And go through the things because a lot of things happen to us, and and people are watching us. That's that's what the biggest thing I think. People are definitely watching us. Once people claim Christ, they're watching. In the body of Christ, they're watching because folk are going through these things, and then they when it, and then when when it comes out that you're going through things, how you handle it reflects back on your face, and they encourage them. So when they struggle, they can look. They they, they can gravitate and look to you to help. When, when they're going through something. So I think that that is very important. What do you think, sir? Um, that, again, you know, we are his representation. There was something. Um, we are his living epistles. That's what I was taught a few years ago um, in my church. We are his living epistles. You know, we can read the word, but when we're living the word, we are actually showing the word. I gotta pin that down. I gotta write that down. We can read the word, we can live the word, and then we're showing the word because people again are seeing Christ in us. When they see Christ in us, as you said, Deke, that they and I'm Michelle, they'll see how we handle situations. Some people, when things happen, they blow up. They blow up like a like an atomic bomb. But us as Christians, we don't we don't have that. We don't have the pleasure of being able to do that because if we do, we'll, we'll mess up our witness. We'll mess up our testimony because, again, as being a living, walking epistle, you know, walking those shoes, the shoes, the, you know, our feet are a gospel, walking it, you know, going during the day, going up the hill, down the hill, talking to people, driving, wherever we are, we are those living epistles. And, you know, people are looking, again, Wherever we go, they're looking for that. And that's where the word comes in. We may have a bad day, and they can see we're having a bad day because we're not always going to have good days, but they can see we're having a bad day. But they can also see how we react, how we react to having a bad day. You know, that's what makes us 
stick out or stick up a monster. We're not trying to. That's not our goal. But we're just doing what we were taught out of the word of God um, as Jesus' example, as he walked with the disciples, as he was trying to train them to be the men of God, be the salt of the earth, be the light in a world of darkness. You know, we are those. We're the light. We're the salt. So people have to see us, you know, reflecting, as I said before, you know, you know, when people see your sons or your daughters, they can tell they're yours because they they see a reflection of you in them. So, again, when Christ sees that reflection, when people see that reflection of Christ in us, it can't be, you know, it can't be hidden. What do you think, sir? So I agree, I agree, but I want to I want to bring it I want to bring it home because sometimes we need to bring this stuff right in people's laps and in their homes and on their doorstep. You know, it has to do with our family also. That's how 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 we as parents how we react so when our children fall short. If we go back to when we our spouses when it don't go right when the bills come short when our spouse does something that sets us off. You know, so it's it, it, it's we have to we say the we say these things and we. we we have to also bring it back to the personal level at the most smallest ministry congregation, however you want to call it, the example, because no one knows us more better than our family, the people who knew us, the people we live with every day. Mm-hmm. You know, church is church, you know, church is church, and our, work, and, our, and our workplace is our workplace, but it's at home. How do our children see our faith in action? How do our family members, our unsaved family members, See our faith in action when the stuff comes, when the 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 folk get sick, when the crazy cousins, the the crackhead cousin, stole something out your grandma's house. Um, I don't know, you know. You got brothers and sisters who are still out there living the life, and the stuff go wrong. They fussing and fighting the family reunion. What are you doing? Um, I don't know, you know. These are this is where our light must shine, and that stuff. You know, because, you know, because I read a book once. It was, as a matter of fact, it's called Man in the Mirror. It's by Patrick Marley. And he talks about having uh, a secret life, you know, that that secret life could be your Christian life could be your secret life or your other life could be your secret life. But we have, we, we have two lives that we're living. We live in one, our righteous life, and then we have our other life. But it, the thing I think I see it as when we come to faith, as we mature, that those lives become one. And we just become the same person all the time. And I know and it's not easy. I'm not going to say, but it, like like um, the sister was saying, this is what we do as we mature. And sometimes it's a struggle because we get, if we let our, if if we let our emotions control us, we'll be in a dangerous, dangerous place. But it would now when we have and we believe and we turn it over to God, and we really believe faithfully that He's in control of stuff. You know, we're not going to, we, like you said, we're not going to hit that nuclear. We're not going to go nuclear, you know, because stuff's going to move us, but we're not going to go nuclear with it. We're going to, you know, because right is right and wrong is wrong, but we're not going to go out there to the point where we're, we, we want to destroy folks. Because sometimes we do have to hold folks accountable. And I, I, I'm going to use the old street word here, brother, in the show. You know, we as Christians, we don't have to punk out a situation, but... We sometimes we have to stand, but we have to stand in a, in a righteous way. Because if we read scripture, there was times even Jesus himself, because of the anger, the righteous anger, he had to do something. And also we have to understand even the Bible teaches 
that there is, you know, judgment. And, and, and there's right and wrong, and sometimes we have to stand up for right and wrong, and sometimes we have to do things to protect the innocent. So it, 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 it's a balancing. You know, when we, we talk about taking Christ with us, we have to also take him sometimes into the engagement of situations and circumstances to either bring the peace or protect the innocent or whatever. And that goes even, in, you know, like I said, in family. We can't stand by. And say we love God, and there's some violence and some abuse going on, and we're not going to do nothing. And sometimes, you know, we can't stand there and let our uncle slap our aunt, and they just want to pray. I'm just saying that's the example I want to use. What do you think, brother? Hey, I, you know, I agree 100% because many times we get in church, we get holy, and you know, we try to say we're we almost separate ourselves from our family because don't want to or don't try to deal with what's going on. But family is important. Family is definitely important. You can't say you love your family or you're a Christian and, you know, even Jesus loved his family. He stopped on the cross to make sure from dying to make sure his mother was okay. So who are we to say when situations are going on in our family to, you know, for us to, you know, oh, like you said, my, you know, someone's slapping up your eye. No, you're not going to allow that. Yeah, it's good to pray, but then we have to do some kind of intervention, you know, without, you know, any fights or anything happen, but do some some type of intervention to make sure that we keep peace in the house, that we show love as we're doing it. Um, I think we're talking when Jesus, he said, be angry but sin not. Yeah, we can get upset. We're going to get upset, but we can't let those emotions um, lash out or let those emotions go. We have to, you know, we have to bridle those emotions and think before we react. And again, that's what I love about Jesus. He just he thought before he reacted. He just didn't react first. But what they say, shoot first and then ask questions later. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> he was one that okay. Here's the situation. He you know thought about it, and then he you know he always gave an answer, which you know. You know, which you know made them you know curious because a lot of times they were, you know, bumfuckled. They didn't know what was going on of what Jesus was saying sometimes because he never gave them the answer they were looking for. But getting back to we as a, as Christians, we have to look at everything: our outside life, our spiritual life, our church life, and again, um, as Deacon Farr said, our home life. Because, you know, your children are looking at you. Your family is looking at you. You know, how you handle situations or, you know, do you know if <clears throat> if someone comes up to you and say, well, so-and-so, you know, hit your son or so-and-so hit your daughter or, you know, um, something happened in the family, what do you do? Do you be like the world? Do you go get your bat? Do you ready to go run somebody over? Yeah, that's a thought. <laughs> but what do we do? to keep peace about the situation and sh- and still show let people see that Christ is in us. What do you Amen. think, Michelle? Um, I, I I just wanted to say I definitely agree with what you all are saying. I wanted to um actually quote uh something that uh, Maria Wall is saying over in the chat box. Um, on Facebook, uh, she said, now some people see the reflection of deception in the mirror. 
that are based on the lies that they have told themselves over time. And I actually really love that because we have to be very careful that we are being honest with ourselves um, when we're looking at how we measure up to the Word of God and that we're not um, putting, you know, portraying ourselves out to people in a certain way which we want to be, but then because we we really are not there or it's really that word really hasn't taken hold in our lives yet, that we come off looking hypocritical. Uh, and that's something that we have to be very careful of. Uh, that is one of the biggest things that I hear uh, when people are talking about Christians and people of God is the word hypocrite, which makes makes me cringe uh, inside. But, you know, we just have to look at ourselves on a daily basis and me- and measure ourselves up to the word of God and, you know, work daily on making sure that that measurement is closer and closer together, that, that we really are looking Christ-like and that it's, it's not us behaving in a way that we think we ought to or we think we have to, but then... When you do when you do that, it that is when you start portraying these two different lives. You act one way one day and another way the next. So that thing really has to take root and take hold in your spirit, and you have to do that on a daily basis and measure yourself up to the word on a daily basis to make sure that that you know you aren't falling short all the time. So I think that that's important as well. And that's a good answer. And um, going off about um, what Maria says, and I just wrote that, you know, we, in order for us not to be deceived or believe in a lie, um, again, we have to get into the Word. Because little by little, that lie will start to disappear and we'll start to see the truth. If, you know, we have to be be guided, excuse me, by the Word, because that word will start to saturate, start to get inside, and that lie will disappear, and a whole new change and reformation will start to ha- start to happen. We won't be the same person we were, and you know that stuff that we got caught up in and stuck on will disappear, and people will see it, but we're not worried about what people will see. We're worried about what God will see, because yes, we we will start believing lies if we're not if we're not careful. But if we're guided by the Holy Spirit to get into the Word and read it, and then what um, what they say what they say the truth shall you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What do you think, Deke? Hello? I think we might have lost Deke for a minute. Oh, okay. Well, uh, what do you think about that, um, Michelle? Well, I mean, I definitely agree with it. We just have to be honest. We have to be honest with ourselves and 
we have to, you know, be honest with each, with each other. And we have to know that this whole thing is a process. So, you know, whether we are the ones who are representing God and, and meeting people where they, where they need to be met in order to, to help them or guide them or just show them that you love them while they're going through, or whether Jesus is meeting us, we need to just be mindful of, um, you know, how we're portraying ourselves and how we are treating one another on a daily basis so that we can all grow in Christ. Because in the end, that is what we're all supposed to be doing. We're all supposed to be reaching towards that mark um, of the prize, of the high calling, so that we can be what God wants us to be and so that we can fulfill his purpose. Excellent. I I definitely agree with that. Um, We're now live with um, host Hezekiah Montgomery and co-host Nichelle Johnson. You can call in at 917-889-2271 with the man in the mirror. We're going to take... Um, we're going to hear from our sponsors. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll come back um, with Jesus Meet You Where You Are. Where are you? And we want you to call and tell us, where did Jesus meet you in a time when you were going through? You know, because we all have a story, and that story is important because that story will help other people. Um, a note from our sponsors, Music Instruction for All Learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact contact us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment or to talk to our instructors. And please visit us on our website at www.musicinstructionsal.com. Another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, and not to mention beautiful, intellectual, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project, and their website is www.curvyboss.com. And um, we're now going to take a few minutes break. And and when we come back, you'll be live again with Hezekiah L. Montgomery and um, host Michelle Johnson on The Man in the Mirror. See you shortly. Because anytime you sing about Jesus, how many of you know there's something about that name? There's, there's something about that name. I want you to listen to it. Let's let the Lord bless us in this song.
And now I'm back with The Man in the Mirror with your host, Ezekiel Montgomery, and co-host, Nichelle Johnson. And tonight's discussion is Jesus meets you where you are. Where were you? Where are you? Because we want you to call in and tell us your stories about where Jesus or when Jesus met you and how he helped you and give you a synopsis. We talked about Zacchaeus. Um, in the Bible, we talked about the man, the woman caught in adultery. That we talked about the woman at the well. You know, these were people, biblical stories about how Jesus met them where they were. They didn't have to do anything fancy, because Jesus knew the truth, as we all know anyway. But Jesus showed them love. They even talked about the thief on the cross, where Jesus showed him love, where he was at in his life. So <clears throat> I'm now going to give it back to Michelle. Um, to see if we have anybody that's calling or wants to call in and give us their story or comments about tonight's show. Um, okay. So, Michelle, it's in your hands. Michelle? Hello? Yeah, Hello? there you go. Sorry about that. Did you all hear anything I just said? <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> well, but that's okay. I, I was just I was just bringing on our caller, Indian two five five six, and it sounds like she made it through. <laughs> Sorry. Is this me? Caller. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Anyway. Caller Indian two five five six. You look like you raised your hand over there. Were we mistaken? Uh no. But Okay. <laughs> Next time we'll do a better introduction, one where you can hear it. That would be nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know you know, I wanted to say that um it's a very interesting topic, but um, I don't believe that either of you have ever been at um, one of my programs when I did what I call my Mirror and Me, um, because what I found, and I'm sure that you, you may have seen this for yourself, is one of the hardest things for many people to do is to face their selves in that mirror. Because, you see, it's easy for most people to believe a lie than to face um because lies come in those pretty shiny wrappers with, you know, the harpsichords playing and all that, everything that's pleasing to the sight and sound, whereas the truth is just flat out ugly most of the time. And people don't want to deal with that. They don't want to come to terms or grips with who they are. They have done, and they don't want to um, face up to their roles in anything. And when you brought up several uh, different scenarios in the Bible, uh, for me, a lot of times, I I may start off with something like that, but then I automatically bring it into role because it amazes me to this day how many people, our lives are most similar and um, what we've experienced. So a lot of times, you can, especially with young people, well, actually people in general, um, 
it's always someone out there who can identify with the storyteller when the storyteller is telling their authentic. And there's a difference when some people tell the, the, uh, the what do you want to call it, the, the facade of the truth, and then you have the people that authentic truth. And in doing so, that's when we tend to crack the shell because earlier I had written that um, when you follow the the leaders or the people who are walking their talk and they are walking their path and and their journeys, but they're walking in the sight of God, those are the people that need to be on the, the front lines that can open up, tell their stories, and then connect with the people who are still living out there in la-la land um, or those who are just lost, period. So, again, when you talk about – when you get into the subject of the mirror, that's a mighty subject within itself. You can probably do the next six months just on topics about that mirror because when I do my Mirror and Me project, when people sit down in front of that mirror, I have the tissues in my right hand. I have my left hand somewhere on their, their shoulder or somewhere. And sometimes I ask a lot of the ladies, if it's a ladies' event, to get together and we all at someone's shoulder because that person needs our energy in order for them to face their authentic self. So it, it runs so much deeper than... Um, we can start off, the word is like the seed, or the soil, rather. But then we have to be the people that actually till that soil and prepare the person who we're trying to help, who's the seed, to be planted firmly in that ground. And then once they're ready to sprout, it, that's when they become aware or enlightened to their authentic selves. So I guess my question is, well, it's a comment and a question, is the fact the mirror. When you look in the mirror, you said it was the Bible. Now, I say that let's take it a step further. When you look into that mirror and you already know the Bible, because someone looking in the mirror who doesn't know the Bible, that they, they're not understanding what you're saying. So the first thing is to have that mentor or someone who can explain to them what they're looking for in the mirror because a lot of people have been living their lives for so long, that's all they see in the mirror. So they have to get a different mindset so that when they look in the mirror, they now know what they are looking for, if that makes you know sense. Um, definitely, that definitely makes sense. Um, and um, Deacon Far actually did just come back on because we lost him for a minute. Are you back, Deke? Yes, sir. I'm back. I had a, I had a, I had to pick up another line. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Understood. But um, uh, did you want to comment on what uh, Mar- uh, Maria just um, said? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. Praise the Lord, sister. How are you? I'm blessed, brother Far. How are you, sir? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I, I did. I did catch what you were saying, and especially when we're talking about uh, folk who don't know scripture. But that that goes back again to to what um, the brother was saying that we people. It, it, it goes back to what I was saying about my testimony. I had to see something different, and right. that's what folk do have to see. They have to see us different. See us living different lives, 
to intrigue yes. them to understand, well, why do, you do, why do you don't do like the other folk I do or why you don't even do like I would do? If that happened to me, and then you're right, that's where the mentoring, the discipling, and, and I heard you say about the, the, the facade and the surface, you know, stories people like to tell about their so-called testimony. And you're right, that's, that's part of it, because I could share, you know, testimony of what I went through, and that will connect with someone who may be going through or have that same thing in their past, but now look where I'm at today, and this is why I'm there. It's because of Christ, because of my right. faith, that I'm now, I, I, that's where I was, that's what I used to think, and even with that, I have done that. And that's where we have true testimony. And, you know, I, I, I share I share a lot because, you know, sometimes a lot of churches don't do testimony service for some of the things you were saying about people say stuff and it, it, it don't mean that really mean nothing to nobody. But in a true testimony, is something that I have been through and I have overcome. And now, right. as I look into the mirror, as I look into the mirror of Scripture, I'm checking myself because I know that I can go and I can – you know, if, if given given opportunity, you know, unfortunately, I could go and, and like Brother was saying, I'd go pick up a bat and ready to go. And I'm ready to go because I've been there, done that before, and I know how to do it. You know what I mean? And, and it's the same thing. If we can, we know how we can cuss folk out and all the other things. And but because of God, because of my new godly character, and and, and I don't want to embarrass God. It's not about you know me. I don't want to embarrass God in my face. And now I lit the Holy Spirit. I lit my faith, got my responses. I lit Scripture, got my responses. You know, and, 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 and again, it's about surrendering ourselves over. And it is not a struggle. And I think what we have a problem with, unbelievers don't think that us, those of us who proclaim Christ don't go through the struggle. We know what you think and when a situation comes. We know exactly what you will, will, may do because we may do it, but we don't do it. But then that's an opportunity to, to say, you know, this, this is why I don't want to do it, because I believe God. I have a faith that God's going to handle my situation. You know, we talk, we, we say sometimes it becomes a cliche, but God's going to fight my battles in some cases, that I don't have to go there. But I, I, struggle, from, I struggle with my flesh to, to not go, you know, because you know, I shared a testimony previously that I wasn't raised in the church. So I can't, I can't fall back on grandma, and I can't fall back on that. I fall back on the faith that I received and the men that I've seen when I came into Christ and how they responded to the same situation. They responded to, you know, their, their, their kids, their adult kids struggling through stuff. They struggled through, you know, um, you know, situations, like I said, where, you know, things that come at us in the world and, you know, people treat us bad and do us wrong and say bad stuff about us and, and all that. But it's how we respond because of our faith, and we understand that sometimes, you know, it wasn't heaven's not promising on earth, but we're not going to respond to these challenges, temptations, and trials as the unbeliever who has no hope, you know, and, and because of my hope, and I know God's in control. And some of the stuff that we go through as Christians, as you as you know, that is to make us stronger. Right. You know, right? faith, is, faith is like love. You don't know how strong it is and how deep it is until it's tested. And I believe that. I learned that early. So it, it, your faith your faith will be a whole bunch of stuff, but in, unless it's tested, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, we was on the show, we talked about Job, you know. 
your face is not mm-hmm. taken until it's contested, you know. So it, it's the same thing. And that's what we have to be able to, you know, know that Christ is in us, with us, and he's here for us. And we have to be able to, we have to endure some things. What do you think, sir? Um, you are definitely right. Um, you can have a faith, but if your faith isn't tested, it won't be stretched. And um, I understand what Maria was saying as well. People have to see it because not if they're not if they're not Christians, we're the Christians. We are the light. We we again we are reflecting Christ. So they have to continue to see us how we react or what you know when things happen. They have to see. Hey, well it will. I you know I'm on a job. Well I do. If something happens at the job, how will I react? Not we many of us don't work around Christians all day long. Many of us work around non Christians or unbelievers, but we can actually pull them on our side if we continue to pray, read our word, and when they see us handle situations that come up, you know, what do they do if you know your boss is ragging on you all day long and you're ready to blow up in your boss's face, get a battle do you know, go post you on a job. What do you do? Because you're you're surrounded, and they do look at you. Um, what do you think, Michelle? Oh, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that we just we just have to be, and I've I've said that a lot tonight. We just have to be careful and make sure that you know what we are putting out there. Is something that would glorify God instead of glorifying ourselves or grieving God. We don't want to do that. We want to glorify him. So what we put out there should be glorifying him. And also, you know, the people who are not Christians, because I know that's that's, um, what Maria was asking about, the people who are not Christians, they won't understand everything. Um, that's being put out there tonight, but if you are that example, if they see on a daily basis that you are unchanging, just like God, you, you're never up and down and all over the place in your emotions and in your uh, feelings and, and, and how you treat people or do things, if you remain steady and remain in the Word, then... You can be a wonderful example for them, like Dick and Father saying, that they can look at and say, well, what makes you different? You know, a lot of times that's actually how a lot of people have come to Christ, that they are looking at human examples, which is what uh, Jesus was. He was he was a human in human form and, a, and an example. So they're looking at human yeah. examples of of uh, Christ and are saying, well, what makes you different or, or you know, why did you behave that way? So I think that that's definitely um, something that that happens on a, on a daily basis. May I um, chime in for a moment? Yes, please. Sure. Uh, there were several things that um, you all had said, and one of them, for Michelle, you said we have to be cautious, but I think a better word is that we have to be vigilant, because I, I did a show um, 
on my Sunday morning inspiration where I talked about what's called the cosmetic Christians. Those are the ones that, uh, you know, they put on that facade. It's like getting up in the morning and some women, you can tell they spent three and a half hours in the mirror putting on their hair and their makeup, and it's the same thing. And so many people are out here, and people are hungry for answers, and they're hungry for the word, but we have to be vigilant in what we do, and then we have to be mindful and cautious of the cosmetic Christians because they are the ones that talk the talk but don't walk the walk. They're the same ones who will come in in the morning, praise the Lord, good morning, good morning. When something doesn't come go their way, you hear them putting sailors to shame because sailors will look like boy and girl scouts by the time that Christian is done. (laughs) So then you leave people totally confused when they're like, oh, my goodness, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, and it's like, say what? Wait, what? What the what? (laughs) So we have to understand that there's a difference. And when you said that some people will ask, when you are walking in your purpose, when you are walking in God's directions for you, People don't have to ask. You know, and they know because they see it in you. They will tell, you can come in and not say one word all day, and they will still see that specific light shining in you that they cannot explain. You will have that magnetism and that attraction that will draw these people to you when you are walking in your purpose. So, again, like I said, when you're talking about the mirror, there are so many people that stand in front of that mirror and what they see or what they have convinced themselves that they see is very different from the authentic reflection that is looking back at them. And that's for the non-Christians, for the cosmetic Christians. And then sometimes, as Deacon Farr said, one of the things that will really grab people's attention is the fact the cosmetic Christians, everything is, I'm a Christian now. You've got to live right in my world. Is this? Da, 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 da. Uh-huh. Bottom line is we're still all humans. We're going to have bad days. We're going to have some really bad days. The difference is how we handle them and how firmly we hold to our faith. That's the difference. That's the difference that sets us aside. And as you said in the beginning, Michelle, when you were going through your um, situation with your, your your husband, that in itself will attract people to say, how did you stay so calm? And, you know, we've shared some of the stories. You know my story with my, my ex. And, and. Anyway... <laughs> That's right. one of those Jesus keep me near the cross kind of thing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, again, that's the difference there is people don't understand. And people to this day are like, I, I, I would have done this. I would have done that. I said, well, I thank you for giving me your advice. But next time I need it, I will give you the script to read back to me because I don't want to know what you would have done. Because that's not who I am. And had I played into that, then that would have validated and given my now ex-husband, um, in his mind, that would have validated his his behavior and his decisions. So, again, I believe that it comes down to that point where 
we have to be vigilant in who we are, and we have to be mindful that whenever our light is shining, you know, there's always going to be someone out there, the infamous cosmetic Christians. They're the ones in the pretty wrappers that are ten times shinier than ours, and most people like, you know, they like the hype. So a lot of times they will sway over to that side. And sometimes we just have to be patient, wait on the Lord, let them guide them back to where they need to be. But, um, yeah, the, the mirror, like I said, it's it's wonderful. Um, but we can make another six months talking about the the idea of the reflection within that mirror because that reflection runs deep. It runs down through our soul. And most people are so not prepared to look in that mirror. And it's right. the most it's amazing. Yeah. When I do that program, it is amazing how many people some get angry, some get upset, some cry their eyes out. It's amazing when people get to that point, but they have to have the right soldiers around them while they're walking down this path. Because that is a war when they look in the mirror and they actually come face to face with their authentic selves. Excellent, and I'm actually going to get with you to you know get some information about your program, and maybe we may just do that um, at another show. But uh, we have another caller who has their hand up. Caller ending in zero seven eight nine. We have about three or four more minutes before we have to you know start to. Um, wrap it up So we're going to let them come in And give a comment um, Caller ending in 0789 Hello, hello, hello good caller. evening Good evening, hello, hello, good evening Good evening, how y'all doing tonight? We are, we are well, blessed, how you doing, sir? Oh man, you said, man Blessed to have another day within this creation, man It's a wonderful life when you see it from the right perspective As you guys were just speaking about that mirror Amen. Yeah, um, this is Ipiani Lockard of our motivational realizations. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm a motivational speaker by trade. And um, I tell people all the time, you know, you have to um, look through the lenses of love when you look upon that mirror, when you face that mirror, when you look into your eyes. Because if you're looking for negativity or looking through the lenses of negativity, You'll see everything negative about yourself, and you'll see negativity no matter where you um, glance your sight upon. And um, But when you look through those lenses of love that we've been created in and designed in and that love that's ingrained within in us, um, you, you truly will see the blessings of your life, and you'll see that you're surrounded by blessings. But, but ultimately, you get what you're looking for, you know. Um, whatever you want to see, you'll see in this life. So I tell people, look for love, look for joy. Look for purpose. Look for fulfillment because it can come to you. You can build within his creation. That's our gift that we've been given. We are able to create within his creation, you know. So it's definitely an honor to be alive and um and see life from, from the living, you know what I mean? Amen. We we actually thank you for that. And um, and that's the thing. People don't you. You know, first thing we have to do, as you say, we have to learn to love ourselves in whatever situation we end up in. And on the other side of that, we're learning to love ourselves. So as we're looking at ourselves in that mirror, and I'm and I'm sure Maria could attest, then we can actually, as you say, see the eyes of love and really see what's going on. 
because once we see what's going on in that mirror, we'll start that that's where the change will start. But if we look at the lies and the things that we you know that you know we keep telling ourselves and the things that the Satan are telling us, then it's going to be something different. But if we have that love of Christ, if we just start looking at the real issues, because the Bible says out of the heart comes the issues of life. Once we get, once we start talking about those issues, getting those issues, then the change can start to take place. Brother true indeed, Lee, I true want to indeed. Something. Uh, yeah, I, I was listening to the brother speaking, but I want to interject one thing. We have to also see our sin. If we don't see our sin. We have to remember, mm-hmm. you know, we are, we are our sin. We have to see our sin. We have to see what sin has done to us. And we have to remember we have to see our sin and see, you know, why we need a Savior. And then after, because, you know, when we talk about, you know, motivating people, we have to be careful because we want to motivate people. We want to be motivated by God. His word and his purpose is our foundation. So when the first thing when we look in the mirror and we see, we have to see our sin. We have to see our need for a Savior. And understand that without him, we can't do anything in this life. And our life is more than this temporal realm and on this planet. We're going to live in eternity. And we, we have to have an eternity perspective when we look in that mirror. But what are we going to do that pleases to God that we will reign with him in eternity? Because if we live here 15 years, 5 years, 25 years, or 85 years, you know, I, know, I just read an article the oldest person in America, 116. That doesn't compare to eternity with God. And if we don't see our sin, when we look in that mirror, as the Bible expresses it and make the Bible our foundation and our yardstick and our measuring point, we, we have not accomplished anything. And remember, we're not accomplishing anything for God when other people see us. Because remember, the, the why we are different is because of the Christ in us. So that's where we have to stay on, on point on that perspective when we're talking about looking in the mirror. What are we measuring up to? Are we, uh, you know, are we trying to just look and make us look at ourselves and tell ourselves we're okay? And some of us are not okay because we don't have to look and dealt with the sin that's within us and within that is and with every man. I just wanted to interject that point here, brother. Amen. Uh, we now have a little over three minutes and um, uh, enjoyed everything tonight. Um, Michelle, do you have anything closing remarks as we're winding down? Um, yes, I just wanted to say I, I definitely um, appreciated the perspective of that caller, and I think the biggest thing is um, to be honest when we're looking in that mirror, to see, uh, as Maria Wall said, our authentic self, and our authentic self uh, has some good points and it has some bad points. So if we're just honest with ourselves, we can see those those good qualities within ourselves and where we are measuring up. And then also, as Deacon Paul was reminding us, we'll, we'll also see, you know, where we may be falling short. So that is, that's something you need to work on and, and increase and better yourself. And so it's important to see both, both sides, definitely. And I have really uh, loved this uh, discussion this evening. I think uh, looking in that mirror, and and seeing the truth above all else is, is the most important thing. Amen. Amen. I thank Maria myself and I'm still want I do want to get with her and get some information about her program because, you know, the mirror is very important to me and is and I, and I know it's gonna be important 
to our listeners. Um, Maria, I want to thank you because you are such a sweetheart, such a knowledgeable woman, and such a great mentor. You know, when God, well, I know you, I know you had to go through when you met me, but God has used you to help me, and I thank you. And you're still teaching me. Amen. I thank you. Amen. 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 Yes. And I like to thank all of those who um, chimed in. Chimed in this evening. This has been a good show because we're telling, we were all telling our stories that how you know Jesus met us where we are and brought us back to Him. I thank um, Deacon Farr. Thank again. I'm Sister Maria Wall and Michelle, Sister Michelle Johnson for um, tonight's show. And our young man who came on tonight, the motivational speaker, we do appreciate you. Please go to my website at www.hezekiahmontgomery.com and sign my guest book. We're still doing a fundraiser for Rediscovering the Kai the Play. It's in the you know, event page for tonight. And it's on the website. Hit the GoFundMe link, and it will take you to our backer page. Please support the play, which we're you know we're going to tweak it. We want out this summer of 2015, but it will be out sometime this year. And our goal is to raise five thousand dollars. Again, please um, sign on and support the cause. This is Hezekiah Montgomery signing off, and. Again, I'll see you at the mirror. But I want you to know tonight